Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Beck in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined by Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing? It's good to have the OG crew back. Sorry, I feel OG. like my voice is going away, but yeah, it feels yeah. like it's good to have the OG, OG crew back. that's right. <laughs> how, how are we doing, Buckets? I, I'm doing well. Uh, my favorite news of the day, Aaron Rodgers has ended his darkness retreat, so oh, that's great. He's out would, of the darkness. Would you do that? Would you, would you try it? The darkness retreat? No. You know there's like a place in Vegas, uh, guys, where it's it's pitch dark. It's dark, so you don't know the food that you're having. Oh. I don't like that. I don't like anything in pure darkness. I, I oh, you mean like a restaurant that restaurant, like the dark? Yeah, yeah they did that fat right? in New York. Yeah. yeah. Would you do that? I don't think I would. You know what? Like it would that. be. In- I, I want to know what I'm having. If I'm having like a snail, like I want to prepare myself. I, I think that. they don't. They describe the menu to you. Maybe. Yeah, I've I never even the- gone there. It's not something that intrigued me at all. It yeah. Wasn't- you know what? I'd be. F- Here's the thing. Have you ever done a float tank? Yeah. Have you ever done a float? Okay. Can you so, explain that to me? Yes. So if you ever watch The Simpsons, okay. <laughs> it's when Lisa turns into a cat. Okay. Anyways, anyways, so you're basically in a float um, in saline water, oh. salt water. Okay. In this, um, if you have like issues with space, don't yeah. do it. Okay. You will, you'll hate it. Um, but if you don't have issues with space, it's actually really, really awesome. It's mind blowing. Like I wish I had 30 extra minutes. The guy that originally did it is from Venice, yeah. from Venice, California. And he does it for two hours. Uh-huh. I did it in Torrance for 90 minutes and I was like, this is not enough time, but it was, uh, I loved it. So you basically just float there. You float? Um, yeah, you float, but you're in darkness. Dark tub. Yeah. You're in a dark oh, tub. I can't do <laughs> yeah, if you have spatial my, issues, my, don't my do it. My biggest fear is being like in the water at night, and I don't know That's what's kind of what it's like. Me yeah. And sharks and whatever. yeah, but at least this is a controlled environment. I, There's no that, sharks that coming at you. Different. That would be a little different. <laughs> but you're supposed so. to have like a spiritual awakening, so to speak, when you're in darkness yeah. slash floating. It is trippy though in the very beginning because you your body's automatic reaction is to sink, yeah. right? And because of the salt water, you're on top of the water. So you're, you're not, I loved it. I thought it was great. I'd totally do it again. Um, I'm assuming they said that that's what it's similar to this darkness retreat. Okay. But, um, yeah. you know, if, if <laughs> well, now, so now the question is, what's he going to do? Where, where is he going to go? I, I know the, the, the fine folks in Las Vegas would, would like him there. I think, I think they have a pretty good team there. I think if they had a quarterback like it, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the question is, do you trade, I think they have the seventh pick in the draft. T- top ten for sure. I think it's the seventh pick. I mean, do you trade your future away? When I say your future, I mean they could get a C.J. Stroud with that pick. What would you do? By the way, Chicago's got the, the number, number one, one pick. Yeah. If, if people are still talking about that Justin Fields, like mm-hmm. are they, being the are, future, are they committed to Justin, or are they going to take a quarterback? Let me ask you first about Las Vegas. If you can get a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who's really only going to be your 
QB for a couple of years. Would you trade away a top 10 pick? So I'm of the belief that Rodgers, Brady, I think they're past their prime. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can actually feasibly win the championship with those guys. I would rather go young is I what agree. I would do. And I mean, the other thing with Vegas, like, I don't necessarily think that they are a quarterback away. Um, you know, listen, I think most teams are maybe a Patrick Mahomes away. But again, I, I, like you said, he's this is not someone who's in his prime. I mean, you're really making a trade for two years um, and, and, and thinking, OK, I mean, like I think San Francisco, for example, would be a QB away. Yeah, no, yeah. I say save the drama. Keep your keep your people. Keep your seventh pick, whatever you have. And But if anybody would mess it up, it'd be the Raiders. I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, the, they don't have the best track record of making the best decisions So I, at this current moment in time. So I, I think, yeah, don't worry about Rodgers. Let, yeah. let him go wherever he wants to go. And also, I think that Green Bay is just sick of, finally sick of I his agree. antics. I think, I think at some point you got to move forward and, you know, having tracking his trade request, tracking his retreats, tracking <laughs> his like appearances on the Pat McAfee show. I think they are ready to move on. Um, speaking of moves, speaking of decisions, Russell Westbrook met with the media yesterday, had his first practice with the Clippers. It was a late night practice, by the way, guys. It was not one of those uh, you know, game day uh, situations. Obviously, he didn't have to move. He didn't have to leave. He stayed here the entire time. It was a little interesting seeing him in a Clippers shirt in front of the Clippers backdrop. They're in the honeymoon phase where it's kind of even, I kind of have to laugh watching and reading the Clippers reporters uh, saying what he's saying. And, you know, he's, you know, team first. There, of course, there's a honeymoon phase. And Russ is saying that he's happy. He's on a team that wants him. Russell, I promise you, LeBron James and Anthony Davis wanted you when you first came there. And after a certain amount of time, they didn't want you there anymore. But um, yeah, isn't this deja vu all over I mean, again? No, no one goes somewhere where they're not wanted. You're not wanted after a certain period of time. But when you finally get there, your first press conference, your first practice, you are wanted. And listen, this is not going to be something where they have training camp in a preseason. There's 21 games left in the season. They have to figure out what his role will be. Watching the press conference seeing what he said again i think his first game is friday right guys uh okay i know we've, we've talked about it but now that he's officially here now that he had his first press conference first practice everyone from and I, you know i get it if you're a reporter covering these press conferences but it's just funny you, you you've seen how this played out down the hall and trying to pretend like oh man he's team first he's all in he's i mean this is this is russ how do you think that this will all play out? Well, I thought Ty Lue's comments about we're going to let Russ be Russ. That was awesome. Which, by the way, I mean, that's exactly that, that was the that was what the Lakers said until the very last yeah. day he was on the team. Let Russ be Russ, which is like, I don't even know what that means for him. But yeah, my thoughts are that none of this changes the equation. It, it, it maneuvers the equation, but still, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both have to play at their peak if the Clippers want to compete. Yeah. Paul George right now on the season, 23, 6, and 5 a night. Can you make that 27, 6, and nice. 5 in the playoffs? If you can, because I actually think Kawhi, I, I trust Kawhi. Yeah. Paul George is the bigger variable than Russell Westbrook for me. If Paul George is consistently a dominant number two guy and some nights a number one guy, 
then I think that they're going to go really, really far. But I'm not really... Westbrook is... He's a nothing burger. He's he's on a vet minimum contract. Like yeah. If he doesn't perform, you just move him to the end of the bench or cut him, and that's it. And if he does, well, then hallelujah, you got something great going on yeah. with, with Russ. At the end of the day, I think just money-wise, this was smart because you know it, it doesn't anything. cost, cost yeah, you anything like yeah 21 games left in the season yeah. i don't even know like what the actual cost is for them but yeah yeah it's nothing but but where there could be cost that's not financial is if russ comes in and i i, I do think the general consensus from a lot of the people around the clippers is we like our group now maybe we don't love our group but we, we, we like our group now if russ comes in and he becomes, and I hate to use this, but you know, people within the Lakers said he was like a vampire, a blood sucking <laughs> vampire, which is a heck Somebody of a thing to say. Needed to put their name on that one. Yeah, I mean, listen, when Dave McMenamin reports that he's around the team twenty four seven, so I mean, I'm assuming because Dave's pretty close with LeBron's camp, maybe like someone said that clearly. Um, it's it's it, it's very clear that they felt a certain way about him and didn't want to put their name on it, but it came from. Whether that's a player or a coach, I mean, that's a heck of a thing to say about someone. So that is the cost, though. If you talk about the cost, it's not a financial thing. And again, with Steve, Steve Ballmer, it's never going to be a financial thing with the Clippers. If this guy comes into your locker room and if even a hint of what happened down the hallway happens, that's the problem. That's a massive cost. Yeah, and I'm not so much worried about if Russ is going to interfere with things. I'm worried about the other guys. Bones Highland is still searching for his first NBA payday. Yeah. Now, if you're in his shoes and you tell him, hey, you're a backup point guard and yeah. all of a sudden now you might be the third string, well, that's going to upset me. Sure. Norm Powell, six man of the year favorite, and then all of a sudden you bring in maybe a competitor for his, his six man of the year. Exactly. Now, realistically, you're going to say, oh, well, this is a team. We're going to do what's best for the team. But at the end of the day, when you're trying to put pieces together at the trade deadline time and buyout market, it's always going to interfere with egos. And, exactly. and that was the concern at the beginning of the year with the Clippers was too many guys, too many mouths to feed. And they had to kind of trim that down. The interesting thing is that I think you make this move if at the end of the day, and if it was by the players, then the players, players did not believe that the group that they had was good enough. I think you make a move like this, and I don't want to say swing for the fences financially, but you kind of swing for the fences in terms of we want this guy to come in and not just be a piece. You, you don't bring him in just to be a piece. He's not coming in to be the 12th man. He's coming in to play. And I think you make a move like this if you're like, okay, I don't think what we, what we have is good enough. And it was very clear that Paul George, and he looped in Kawhi, certainly, we need him. We need this guy. We need a point guard. We need someone like him. And then, so then I'm now thinking, okay, maybe, maybe that team wasn't as good as I thought. When I'm, what I'm saying in that is, like I always thought like if they were healthy and played together, that team was good enough to win. I don't think that they felt that. They were like, we need to get, we need to get this guy. We need to get him. Yeah, you need to get Russ. Um, is he actually starting? Like 100% we know that he's starting. No, no, because well, I think he's got to come in. Right. And then got to learn. So he's going to be, I would imagine I'm 99% sure he's going to begin coming off the bench. It's his first game with the Clippers where he will come off the bench. I think they've basically told him there is a pathway to start. At the end of the day, it's up to him. It's up to the team. It's up to Ty. I would be shocked if by the end of the season, so we get 21 games, so he'll come off the bench to start. He'll come off the bench. 
at the beginning. I do think he will start, though. Which is crazy right? because, Ugh. I mean, we've been through this song and dance, yeah. uh, you know, with, with the They're ladies. for sure going to see what that looks like. I think that's when Russ is in, is in the position he was. He, he was talking to the Heat. He was talking to the Bulls. He was talking to the Clippers. He was talking to I think one of the, 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 the things that you tell him is you will have a chance to start. So they will definitely see what that looks like. Not to get too off topic, but apparently Pat Bev is having the same exact opportunity in Chicago. So it's like, funny how start it, apparently so, yeah. <laughs> it's the same exact conversation. I don't get it because those guys, you know, with the Lakers, they showcase that for Russ, for example, that role was so beneficial for him. Yeah. It was reviving his career, and now all of a sudden you want to you want to tinker with it. And I, I mean, just, to your point, he was the Vegas favorite for Sixth Man of the Year. Now, I don't think that that transfers. I think once the, the trade happens and he's sat out, you know, I, I think that won't happen now. But listen, to, I, I, listen, if he comes off the bench and, and continues that role with the Clippers, great. This idea that you're gonna have to shoehorn him into the to the starting lineup with let's just say you know it takes him a few games with like 16 games left in the season, you've you've drastically changed the complexion of this team. I'm just curious to see where you're at right now, fully healthy. If let's say the Clippers met up with Denver, yeah. who who would you lean I towards? I like the Nuggets, but I mean that's for like a variety of reasons. I just don't think it's a good matchup. We've seen that play out. It's yeah, not true, good, true. Not a good matchup for the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I have a quick question for you guys. Um, AD was asked about Russell, yeah, right? Um, he basically answered, that's not my team. I don't know. Do you believe him? You know, well, yeah. So I think what, what we, he's trying to do is take the high road here, trying to be professional. I think a lot of what they feel about Russ, and I, again, I, it's hard to say if it's the players or the coaches, but when, when reporters who are on the beat come out and say, here's what the team feels, just as someone who's been a beat reporter, you're 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 hearing that from a variety of people. So, I don't think at that point he wants to come out and say uh, it'll probably start great. But then you know, then you're <laughs> going to see who he really. I mean, I, I, it doesn't really help them. Um, it's very clear though that that relationship deteriorated. It, the fact that Russ began the season with the Lakers was always like like they couldn't find a trade package for him. I, I, I you know, perhaps teams required two first round picks. At the end of the day, they did part with one. Um, it's it's just a lost season, and so they they technically have a chance to make this play in tournament, according to the Darvin Ham, the, the, his goal, and I totally get why this would be his goal. His goal is the sixth seed, but obviously the goal of the team is to make it into the play-in tournament. Two games back, as they begin uh, the, it's not the second half, you really have to start to call it the fourth quarter of the season, but um, I just don't think there's enough time. Not because of the two games, but because of the logjam, the number of teams that they have to surpass to get there. Six-point favorites tonight, Arash. Can yeah. you believe it? <laughs> I mean... No, I mean, listen, I think, I think the Warriors aren't the team that we thought that they were. No Steph Curry. No Wiggins, too. No Wiggins. So it's so. not the same team. Uh, but I think everyone's excited that this is not the same team. So there is sort of a, okay, like, let's see what this looks like. Now, it could look 
the same. It could, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the results could be the same. I do think it's important to begin this fourth quarter of the season with a couple of big wins. Oh yeah. And then at that point, it's trying to find a way to win games that you're not necessarily supposed to. Win. So tonight, that they have to win, they are favored to win. The, the 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 what could potentially turn around their season, and we've talked about the turnaround a few times this year. Is if they go to Memphis and win when they're not favored. If they go to Dallas and win when they're not favored. You start getting wins like that, it's like, oh, okay, this is a different team. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's that that next week you got Dallas Sunday on ABC, yep. Memphis Tuesday, Oklahoma City Wednesday. Massive. I mean, you can't you can't get bigger than that. And I was just reading a stat. I hope I'm remembering this correctly, but Oklahoma City is like number one in offensive rating for the past like two months or something. Yeah. So like th- those are the teams, by the way, the Lakers are going to have to to jump as, as you team, were mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. And those teams, yes, the head to heads are massive, but don't expect those teams to just roll over so and go away. So that's why it's not just two games. I think if you were to generally tell someone you're two games back with 23 to play, oh, there's plenty of time or like we can come back. It's different when you have the log jam of teams and so you're not just competing with like one team or two teams. There's a ton of teams there. This is what I will say though to the Lakers' uh, benefit. Portland, Anthony Simons goes down. He was their second best player. So yeah. now he's out for probably a month. So, so if you want to take it, Lakers are in 13th. Okay, so that could put you to 12th. Well, then then Utah kind of blew up their team at the trade deadline so that could make you up to 11 so now but then talking, but everybody yeah. else is that's the tough spot yeah. yeah i mean but for them yes obviously the goal uh you know would would be to be the sixth seed and not be in the play-in tournament but realistically obviously just get to the play-in tournament and so you you're just looking at that 10th seed like if we could just finish the season and even if we are not the 10th seed until the last night of the season then what LeBron James has said is now we have a chance. Now it's like one and done. It's now you're kind of in that tournament kind of mindset of like, okay, we, we've, we've worked all season to get to this point where if we win and we advance. I think if they're the 10th seed, they have to win twice, right? They have yes. to win once and then twice. Um, and that's what he's saying. It's like, like listen, we, we weren't a good team last year. We haven't been a good team this year. He does, I believe, like this current group that they have. That being said, you only have this group for 23 games. Yeah. Is that enough? Uh, I don't know if it's enough. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I think we all know that the key is going to be if Anthony Davis can play That's at that key. MVP level yes. that we saw I think earlier. if they have that, and if LeBron continues to do what he's done this season, that combination alone... Um, and again, this is not a statistical thing, but having people in the locker room that want to be there, that's not going to be a quote-unquote vampire, that, that, then you kind of have something there that you could work with. Honestly, if you can guarantee me those first two factors, that's all that you, the rest yeah. of it is I like... Agree. I agree. Because you know, we've talked a lot about you know who's the third best player, and I get that. It's a valid question, but I go back to that 2020 championship team. The third best player changed on a nightly basis on the Lakers. Sometimes it was Kuzma, sometimes it was KCP, sometimes it was Rondo. Uh, it, it, it changed, so you don't necessarily need to have, when you have two of the top 10 players in the world, the third guy doesn't have to be a, 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 a superstar player. You know what is 
crazy though is that when they're both healthy this year, I do believe the Lakers are still under five hundred. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I, I, that's the crazy thing about it is that you know this isn't a small sample size. The number of games that they played together the past two seasons, um, and the fact of the matter is they're still whether it's at five hundred or below five hundred. I mean that's not what you think that they would be, and it's such a dramatic shift from not only the 2020 season but when they were both health healthy the following season they were number two in the league behind the utah jazz and again no one was worried about the utah jazz so i felt and we talked about this on the show back then that if they're healthy they are my pick to win the whole thing i thought it was going to be tough for them to beat the bucks but i wasn't worried about utah i wasn't worried about the suns i wasn't worried about the clippers to be honest but health, health is the key. And so, you know, beyond health with this team, they haven't really gelled. They haven't been together for a long time. And so, you know, you, you basically put together a group that LeBron likes. It's now a time thing. And, but we, we, we also don't know how good this team is gonna look. Like, like in my mind, this is, a, this is an improved team. But how big of an improvement? Is this enough to say, okay, like instead of going 500 to finish the season, you know, can they go, you know, 27 and five or something like that? They, they could, will they? Big, big question. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend, Nick Hamilton. When we come back right here on the Mighty or Ted 90 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now and join our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you doing? Hey, man, trying to stay dry with this storm, oh, I feel little you. storm watch. <laughs> I feel you, my friend. Um, all right, let's 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 get into this. Before we talk about the Lakers, let's talk about the Clippers. Uh, they welcomed Russell Westbrook yesterday, first press conference, first practice. They are going through their honeymoon phase with the Clippers that we experienced with the Lakers saying the right things. Everyone's excited. Russ, let Russ be Russ, all that good stuff. Nick, you saw that how this played out with the Lakers. How does this play out with the Clippers? I honestly don't know how this, how this helps the Clippers. Um, because when you look at Russell, um, his style of play, I think he's still an incredible player. 
Um, but I don't know how this fits into the Clippers model um, as far as what they want to do and how they want to run their, their particular sets and offenses. I think it's also a testament to see these next 25-plus games are going to be what can people expect from Russell Westbrook on and off the floor. Um, I think those are certain things that have to be – they're going to be assessed, um, you know, by those who are in basketball positions. Um, so it's going to be twofold, I think. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I don't know if everybody was on board um, with his arrival, but I will say they have to be now because um, die has been cast. And so I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they use Russell Westbrook, whether they use him in a starting role at some point or they use him off the, coming off the bench. I would be inclined to say that I think he was more suitable when he came off the bench, especially with that second unit um, for the Clippers. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens um, when it comes to Russell Westbrook and the Clippers and how far they can go. Um, this is a very interesting team after the trade deadline. Um, and I know they had to shake some things up because they weren't getting the results that they were looking for. Um, so it's going to be very interesting in the Western Conference what the Clippers do and how Russell Westbrook adjusts to Ty Lue's system. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Nick, LeBron said these 23 games beginning tonight are the most important 23 regular season games of his career. Uh, you know, the reason he said that was, you know, doesn't want to miss the postseason for the second consecutive season. A, do you believe that? I mean, I'm, it's kind of like a very dramatic comment from LeBron. And, and B, 23 games back, two, two games back of the 10 seed, can the Lakers, the new look Lakers, make it into the play-in tournament? Tonight's dinner, Arash, is going to be very important to the health and safety of my life. If I don't eat dinner, I'm going to go hungry. If I go hungry, it's going to get real bad. So, yeah, tonight's dinner is about the equivalent to what LeBron said. Um, I think it's tongue-in-cheek, to be honest with you. I think it's just something that he has to say. Um, who's to say he's going to play all 23 games? Um, we've seen him go in and out of the lineup um, after he, you know, coincidentally uh, – <laughs> broke the scoring record um, in a Laker uniform at home. So I think, you know, first of all, for him to say that, yeah, he's got to say that, but it sounds more politician-ish than basketball player um, to appease the fan base, um, to come out as the leader of the team, so to speak. Um, but I don't think they make the playing tournament. I think they'll win some games along the way. Maybe a couple they shouldn't have won. Uh, but I don't think it's enough to play in the playing tournament. I think these guys have done, have dug rather a deep hole that they don't think they're, they don't have enough room to get out of and enough time to get out of. Um, so I don't think they even make the playing tournament. Like I said before, if they happen to make the playing tournament, because Darvin Ham said we're not about making just the playing tournament, we're about going deep in the playoffs. I don't know what Darvin Ham was smoking uh, when he said that or what he was drinking when he said that, but we know good in the hell well that ain't happening. But, I mean, as a coach, you have to say that. I mean, what else are you going to say to, to rally your players and to get them in a certain particular mind state? But the reality of it is this team is not built for that. Um, and even if, if they make the playing tournament, they're not going to get out of it. So what does it matter? So did they really make the playoffs? No. And all the thirsty Laker myopics and the thirsty Laker fans going to be like, well, at least we made the playing tournament. When did it arise? You've been in this, you've been in this city long enough to know. When was it even acceptable 
to say we barely if the Laker fans came into it and said, Wow, well at least well, at least at least we won one or two games in the in the first round of the playoff series and we were we were content and ecstatic about that. What happened? 100%. I mean, I thought it was kind of, it was laughable at the beginning of the season. He's not even on the team now. Pat Bev was the one who addressed fans before the first game of the season and said, this is a playoff team or something to that effect where it's like, okay, playoffs? Like that's, you know, you, you, you hate to use the Jim Mora line, but you know, playoffs, like this is a team that was built on championships, 17 championships. You know, th- that being said, a below 500 team last year, a below 500 team this year, if they go on some kind of a run here and make it to the playoffs, no one's throwing a parade, but I think people will be pleasantly, uh, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but uh, you know, I think they'll be happy to make it to, to the playoffs. But yeah, listen, if you get bounced in the first round or if you get bounced in the play-in tournament, no one's happy about that. But, when did we, but that's my point, Rosh. When did, we, when did Lakers, my optics, and Lakers <laughs> fans settle for just making the playoffs? Yeah. I thought this organization was about hanging banners, championship banners. They even said, we don't hang Pacific Division titles. We don't hang Western Conference titles. Exactly. We hang championship banners. Now we're settling for crumbs on the table instead of getting the whole loaf. Really? Yeah, mm. I, I, I have time to change. I, I think that 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 mentality changed when you know the Lakers initially got Russ. Right? Like that's kind of when because you guys want like Lakers won a championship, and then right after that they're trying to make those adjustments or whatever, not making the playoffs, and then they get Russ, and now it's like let's just make the playoffs. Like, that'll be great. Now let's just make the play and That'll be great. So I, I think like the second thing that the Lakers got rust, like that mentality completely changed to, well, let's just try to I, make the plan. I think it happened before that. I think they got content after they won their championship in the bubble. They got, they got full of themselves. They started interchanging players that they did. They did not need to interchange. And they suffered that on behalf of that. And it cost a, 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 a good coach his job. And that's when I think it started. So I can't put this all on Russell Westbrook. I can't say this is because of Russell Westbrook. I think it's because after that 2020 season in the bubble, when they won probably one of the hardest championships they would ever win, uh, mentally and physically, and they got content. And they thought, oh, yeah, I got my respect now. What did LeBron say? I want my respect. Rob want his respect. Diddy want her respect. And I want my damn respect, too. And I think once they had, they had that mindset, everything changed. Also, that team, that COVID team, that bubble team, that wasn't LeBron's team, was it? That wasn't a LeBron chosen team. Yeah, it was. For the most part, it was. For the most part, it was. It was, it was, was his guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he didn't want he want he didn't want to keep Kuzma. He didn't want to keep you know what I mean? I like, think he was I mean like they No, he, he did. He, he did got, want to keep Kuzma. He got the number one guy he wanted. I mean it was right. all he about got AD. AD. It was all about A D. Okay. All right. I stand corrected. No. <laughs> my, uh, my question for you, Nick, was regarding the Denver Nuggets. The, the Nuggets, it feels like a lot of people are either you're in on the Nuggets or you're still really skeptical on the Nuggets. What do you think about their chances to come out the West? I think they have a decent chance. Hopefully Mike Malone has calmed down after that future All-Star <laughs> game he had to coach in. Hopefully he got a couple <laughs> drinks and he can calm down, calm his nerves and get focused on the, the latter part of the season. Um, but I think, you know, I think Denver is either you're in on them or you're out. There's no in between. I think either you believe in the Nuggets or you don't. And there, and there's room for skepticism because you have to understand, look at the other teams that are in the West that are going to be competitive in the West. Uh, you have to look at Dallas. You have to look at the Phoenix Suns. You have to look at the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to look at, um, 
even the Portland Trailblazers at some point. I think when you look at overall um, the Western Conference, um, I think it's, it's it's an opportunity for the Denver Nuggets to showcase who they are to prove doubters wrong. And I also think it's an opportunity for Mike Malone to showcase you know, his coaching skills and say, hey, I can't coach this team at least until the NBA Finals. Now, that's not to say they can win the Finals, but at least get in there. I mean, you have to still look at the Memphis Grizzlies, um, you know, the New Orleans Pelicans, um, because Zion Williamson, good Lord, I mean, can this boy stay healthy an entire season at some point? Um, you know, Golden State is still in the, if, if, if the playing tournament happened today, Golden State will be in the playing tournament. There's no telling with a healthy Steph Curry where Golden State can happen. So I think there's a lot of obstacles in Denver's way um, to get them to an NBA Finals appearance. Um, can they do it if they stay healthy? Sure, they have every opportunity, like the, the teams that I mentioned prior to. But I think they, I think people are going to have to really, I think for people to be convinced, they're going to have to get to the NBA Finals and really play a grueling seven you know, six or seven game series in the finals, even if they come up short, at least people know, hey man, they may be a player or or so away from really being a serious contender. And I think that's when they'll probably get some of their respect from the doubters. Nick, I, I want to pose this to Arash as well. If the Nuggets fall short this year, I have the utmost respect for Jokic, but the conversation I think it needs to change. If he can't do it this year as the number one seed, I understand, Nick, what you said, and I agree about the West being loaded with good teams, great teams, but the Nuggets, you're 27 and four at home. You're going to have home court advantage throughout the Western Conference yeah. playoffs. <laughs> what are we going to well, say so about listen, Jokic? People are, are talking about that right now in terms of him winning the most valuable player for the third year in a row. A lot of voters don't want to do that. That puts him in the same class as Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, things like that. And the feeling is, does a player like that deserve it? Does a player who has not made it to the finals deserve that? It's a regular season trophy. So let, let, let's keep that, that into perspective. But you're 100% right. I mean, when you go into this postseason, there's a lot of players who have a lot of pressure on them. I think Jokic to me is at the top of that list yeah. because of where he is right now. Beyond that, listen, Chris Paul's kind of on that list as well in terms of a hey, like, you, you now have another quote-unquote super team. It's you, KD, Ky Kyrie Booker. Kyrie Irving as Ky well, I would say. Well, I mean, not as much. I mean, I, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers don't win that championship True. without Kyrie. I think, you know, you, you talk about Chris Paul, you talk about James Harden, but Jokic is in the prime of his career. Again, in the midst of winning his third straight MVP, the number one seed, wide open West, there's no Warriors, there's no Lakers, kind of, there's no Clippers for the most part. They have to win. Nick, I mean, if Jokic doesn't win... I think regardless, obviously, he's going to get the votes to win Most Valuable Player. At least make the finals. 100%, right? Well, I think that's part of it, too. But I also think, I think, here's the problem I have with winning three in a row. The same similar problem that we have with, with um, oh, man, Steve Nash winning that, two in yeah, a row. That's right. You know, and it was like, well, wait a minute. Shouldn't have Shaq or Kobe won one of those years and then Steve Nash won? Yeah. You know, the other year. And I think the same thing happened with Joel Embiid. I think last year, Joel Embiid should have won the MVP. I think he's in high contention for the MVP this year. The man is second in scoring. He's ninth in rebounding. But he's also elevated his team. And they're, they're in the top three seed in the Eastern Conference. And this man has been a dominant force 
for that Sixers team pretty much majority of the season. So to me, to look at Jokic, and even though Jokic has, has earned his way, but I think to gloss over Joel Embiid is a, is a sad travesty when it comes to judging the most valuable player award. Because yes, the Denver Nuggets are in first, but also it's called most valuable player, not most valuable player to add to a team that's in first, right? So I think you have to. I think they have to look at the criteria of the MVP award and say, let's look. Let's take a strong look at Joel Embiid. He was robbed last year. He's more than likely probably going to be robbed this year. And there's also a reason for that. They're trying to pump because the NBA. Let's look at the entire NBA from a business standpoint. Jokic is a foreign player, correct? European, if I'm not exa- if I'm not mistaken, or you know, in that in that region. What is the NBA's whole focus to go global, right? And not to say that Joel Embiid is, you know, not from the the country in Africa that he's from, but I'm saying it's a little different when you have a Jokic versus a Joel Embiid, right, to try to sell your product to those who are spending money that look more like Jokic and less like Joel Embiid in their eyes. You know, in terms of, it's kind of interesting. I mean, the guys who will finish in the top three are all not from the U.S. Nikola Jokic is number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo number two, Joel Embiid number three, all three not from the U.S. I think Jokic, though, is putting up these numbers statistically if you're just looking at his numbers. And again, Brandon would be the guy to kind of, talk about this but i mean just we haven't seen that before and so they're really putting the voters in a position where hard to not vote for him but it is unique you know top three guys in the straw poll and this will probably be how it plays out Jokic one yayana santo Tacumpo two joel mb3 but yeah but you know you're 100 right nick from the standpoint of it is still a media poll sometimes it could be a popularity contest kobe played 20 seasons just won one steve nash obviously won the two he did let's go around the room real quick i mean if i had a mvp vote i mean i guess i would have to go with Jokic because the question really isn't does he deserve it it's like do we want to give it to him for a third time and that's where the whole popularity contest comes into play i mean quite simply michael jordan could have won it every single season like every now and again you're like okay we got to give it to charles barkley once we got to give it to carl malone once we got to give it to some other guys i think Jokic deserves it our money buckets let's go with you i so if if the season ended today i would go with Jokic, but i think by the end of the season Giannis is going to win the mvp okay i mean he's averaging 32 12 and five and a half assists a game and the bucks are 12 12 wins in a row they could end up with the best record in the NBA by the end of the season. I think they will with the way that they're trajecting tra- upwards. So I'm going to go with Giannis. Um, I'm, lo- I'm looking at this right now. Um, basically, Jokic, Giannis, or Joel Embiid. Or Joel, yeah. who, who would get your vote right now? I, I, do I have to pick those three or do I, can I pick can somebody pick else? You can pick someone who's not in I'm the I'm picking top Tatum. Three. Okay. Oh wow. That, that would be I'm number pick, four. I'm, I'm picking Tatum. Four, yeah. I mean, if you if you're just looking at if I'm just looking at numbers, granted, Jokic all, yeah. Jokic blows kind of blows him a little bit out of the water when it comes to his field goal percentage, his threes, his boards. <laughs> so I mean, like I would I would do Jokic first, and then my second place would be um, 
Tatum. If Tatum's going to win, they have to be the number one seed, like in the whole NBA. But why do they have to be the number one seed? This is an MVP for a regular season. Why do they have to be a number one? I think that's the the case that he has. Is He's the best it's player It's interesting on the best because team. the year Kobe won, I think this happened the year Kobe won, where it was Kobe and Chris Paul, and it was basically like, who's going to get the one seed? Who should get the votes? And I'm like... I get what you're saying, but it was a weird thing where I'm like, well, if Kobe's the most valuable player, like he should just win. Like it shouldn't be who's got the one seed, but yeah. we were talking about that. Nick, let's go to you. Um, those are kind of your top four. I would say, I would say Giannis or Joel Embiid. I'm not picking Jokic because the thing about it is this, right? Like when you look at what the overall totality of that, of these teams, and yes, Jokic is a huge factor. I'm not taking anything, anything away from his skill set. But when I look at Giannis and what he's been able to accomplish this year and what he's had to put on his back this year, um, and the man looks like a different Giannis out of the group. I haven't seen this type of Giannis. And even when I call him the luckiest champion of all time, when they came that year, he won the championship. That's what I call the toenail championship. Um, <laughs> you know, because Kevin Durant's toenails is a little too long for that, for that three-point line. Um I said, okay, this, if Giannis is going to be a serious champion, he's going to have to win at least two or three. And this is, I've not seen this type of Giannis um, in a very long time. And I'm not taking anything away from his skill set. I think Giannis is incredibly skilled. But this is a different Giannis, and this is a different team. And I, and I have to agree with Brandon. The Bucks are probably going to usurp the Celtics at some point and become the number one seed and possibly have the best record in the league. And if that's the case, you've got to give it to Giannis. And like I said, Joel and B, I'm still a little salty that Joel and B was robbed last year because they wanted to give the Jokic. They just wanted to, to lather this dude up and ball wash the hell out of him <laughs> and, uh, give him and make him the guy's greatest gift to the basketball. Um, but I have to look at, honestly, I have to look at Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, when it comes to the MVP race. I think he's a much better MVP than Jokic, um, even though um, in the West is stacked and there's a little bit more competition. Uh, but, you know, hey, man, to, 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 to play night in and night out, with a, especially with that wrist injury, um, and still have to come back at some point and really play these games and get your team into the playoffs and make a deep playoff run, that's a, that's a lot of a lot on one player. So I'm going to have to go with Giannis for that. Player. All right, last 90 seconds. I, I, I really think that the – Playoff push begins tonight for the Lakers. What do they have? Do they have to win these next? Okay, so we go to it's the Warriors, then Dallas, then, then Dallas on the road in Memphis, in Memphis, on the road in OKC on the road. I think they can go three and one. If they go three and one, are you? Well, let's, 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 so, <laughs> all right, they're, so they're gonna they're favored to beat the Warriors. They won't be favored against the Mavericks. They might too. be favored against Dallas. Yeah, Dallas is still the yeah. defense is so you know abysmal with Kyrie and Luka right now, we don't know what they are. So, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what these lines are. I didn't expect the Lakers to be a six-point favorite tonight. But it's, it's, it's more so, you know, it's the Warriors, yes, but without Curry, without Wiggins. Even still, with, honestly, <laughs> even still. Sometimes Jordan you Poole, like Brandon, we're like, they're putting on a Warriors Clay uniform. Thompson can put up 50 on any I given night. Um, I think they can go two with two. That's true. I think um, they can go two with two yeah, with three. Yeah, and it's a great... It's a great prediction, Nick, but as I've told these guys, at some point you got to get above 500. Yeah. Uh, Nick, <laughs> you're the best. I'm sure I will see you soon, my friend. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.